podcast on the subject of sobriety. Now, why is it that so many of us utilize alcohol as a natural form of socializing, celebrating, and even the go-to for when we feel perhaps anxious or when we feel happy? What is it about human beings that we use alcohol for every crutch, every celebration, and every occasion we can possibly think of. Now, I don't know about you, but I can certainly relate to this because, you know, it comes five o'clock in the afternoon and I'm looking for that glass of wine. And that old fashioned saying, it's gotta be five o'clock somewhere in the world. Now, contrary to popular belief, that going into rehab and doing things like AA and other forms of very expensive uh, ways to quit may be the best way. I want to challenge you by letting you know that there is another way, a way that is faster, easier, and a way that will help you reframe the way you think about the whole topic. Now guys, whether you are that person who likes to have your little bevy or get together with your mates or even get together with you, yourself and just you, let's face it, we all have patterns and we are about to go into deep detail on the neuroscience of what sparks us, how to stop it and how to actually create change at the subconscious level rather than having to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on rehab or waiting for the baby to fall off your lap or your house to burn down before you actually take action. You don't want to miss this episode because in this episode, I'm going to be speaking with the beautiful Kim Raysmith, who is a yoga master. She has done NLP practitioners and she knows exactly how to rebalance the nervous system. She even does ice immersion. Ice, ice, be bear. Kim incorporates practices such as sound healing, yoga, and she does holistic approach coaching to rewire the pathways of your brain so you can get a deeper understanding of your physical and emotional reasons for why you are doing what you are doing. As you listen to this podcast, you are going to hear some incredible tips and tricks. Even if it's not alcohol, that is your weakness. I know that we all have patterns. Now, Kim is also gonna go deep into the naked mind therapy and explained why this was the number one coaching, profound and powerful methodology that actually changed her life. So if you are ready to regulate your nervous system 
and take control of your habits and align your mind, body and soul. You don't want to miss this episode. So I would usually say sit back, relax and get your favourite bevy, but I might say get your favourite delicious nutritious drink and listen in to this week's podcast. Let's welcome, with no further ado, drum roll, the beautiful Kim Hey, hey, Kim, how are you? Hey, Terry, I'm good. Great to speak to you. We have an Aussie in the house. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. I tell you, it is a rarity because usually I am interviewing people in the UK or the USA or, you know, all around the world. So it's it's great to connect with someone not only in Australia, but in Perth, Western Australia. So yes. thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing your heart you know, the fact that you are a yoga master, you are a coach that is setting up retreats that are in Thailand that really give people that opportunity to reset their mind and body. And I believe the key here for you on your journey was it's like resetting through to sobriety and really discovering how to come home to yourself addiction-free. So let's start off with, uh, you know, Aussies. They are known for their, their drinking and they're, they're known to connect through alcohol. So, you know, it was a big decision, obviously, for you to become sober. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, our culture is uh, just based around alcohol and drinking and beer and wine. That, that, that is it. That is the Aussie way. And um, I used to love it. I loved everything about drinking. And when I found it in my teens, it was the answer to all of my problems. Um, it was the answer to all of the anxiety. Um, it, and I didn't know anything about alcohol except that's what you did. And that, so that's what I did do. And I did it um, well and royally and, um, and I loved it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I really did pay the price in the end. Yeah. And we're going to find out all about that because I know there's a lot of people out there that may be just like you and I, you know. It's, it's not that we're necessarily, you don't have to be a rolling drunk that falls down in the middle of the street and, yeah. um, you know, to, to be in that space. It can be that you're on the borderline where you may think you can just get away with drinking and just get drunk every so often even. I know that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. Oh, well, I only get drunk on the weekends, but I have a couple of drinks every night. But um, what do you think? Now, firstly, just to, to bring some context, I, I may just uh, tell our listeners how we met. So Kim being the absolute guru of yoga yin yang um, really, really captured my attention when I went into one of her yoga classes and suddenly realised that Kim's ability to connect the mind and the body and the soul with this incredible meditation and it, it got me thinking, oh, my gosh, yoga 
people are so underestimated in Australia. And I'm so glad that you have kind of like boldly stepped out of you know, you know, just not just being the yogi master, but becoming the coach and really bringing so much potent power and, you know, what it deserves because yoga is such an incredible practice and I absolutely love it. So, you know, I obviously met you in that, uh, you know, yin-yang class and I totally was hooked and um, we kind of met up, become friends, and here we are. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think with, you know, a lot of what I've noticed over the years and through my own struggles and through my own practices is how much these different modalities are interlaced and intertwined. Everything from all the yogic philosophies that date back thousands of years through to all of our NLP, all of the hypnotherapy, all of the um, psychology, all of it, even even things like through the, some of the twelve step program in AA, I noticed like how many how how there was like oh that there or oh, that's the same as you know some of the stuff out of the yamas and the niyamas from yoga, and so I really liked to bring try and bring all of that together for um, you know our modern kind of people who are coming to a class so they get more than just movement and breath it's like really working on like what's going on for you and and releasing some blockages in different ways and trying to tap into people well I knew you were a bit of a guru when I showed up to your yoga class the first night and I had to line up almost at the bottom of the stairs and I thought who is the teacher for this because you just brought in such a huge audience and the and the interesting part about it Kim is that I noticed that when we're actually in the class, you are very uh, bespoke, if you will. Like when people are on the floor, you'll come up and you'll literally anchor and harness us while you're doing your practice. Was that something that you kind of learnt through obviously, uh, you know, beyond yoga? Yeah. So touch. We're human beings. You go back to us, you know, coming from the apes and I need to be touched. I need to have just, I know when I was in my, my time of struggle and through certain yoga teachers that I had, any, or even through the hypnotherapy that I had, anytime someone would just even touch my hand, it was like electricity coming through my body. And so that's, so that's one of the, my, I guess, points of difference is that I, channel my energy and always make sure I try and touch everybody in the class whether it's just on their head or maybe their arms their feet at some stage because I know how powerful that is in in connecting the room and the energy together so by the end the the energy at the beginning of the class compared to the end of the class is is just magic it, it you can you can feel it in everybody at the end and so that's a part of oh, it yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I nearly jumped out of my skin on the, the first day because I wasn't expecting it. And then you had a slight meditating and then, you know, you're just kind of getting totally into your body and you're just feeling what you're feeling and experiencing the whole journey. And then all of a sudden you put your hands on my head. And I just, <laughs> but it was incredible. I thought this lady, this, this woman, I have got to meet her. So obviously you, you know, 
are leading the sobriety and that, you know, therapy through the science of the mind and the body and the the neuroscience of, of of how all of our pathways are wired and and how they're fired and and how we even become attached to our addictions like yeah. for example you know five o'clock in the afternoon comes and the first thing i think is oh i'm about to have a pattern interruption I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine. And then the next part comes the craving and followed by the next part where you do it. But sometimes you end up thinking to yourself, that that actually didn't work out so good. I wasn't really able to do so many things. Now, in your, firstly, can you tell me about the Naked Mind methodology? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, knowledge is power in in anyone who needs or wants to change. Okay, um, who's a, anyone who's a seeker of life and saying, "Why am I doing this? Why is this? Why have got this pattern?" Whether it's a full on, you know, really bad addiction, or whether it's just a, a habit or a pattern, knowledge is power. Um, the, this naked mind methodology is from a lady called Annie Grace, who herself was a, a really powerful marketing executive, and she fell down the trap of alcohol and. and found out everything and created her own methodology. And it's really in three, I call it the three silos, the three S's, which is finding the, about out about the science. This is the knowledge, the science of the brain, how our brains work, what it is to be human, how, um, how we are just, you know, these chemical neurotransmitters inside of ourselves. And I, I could talk about it for the whole two hours. I haven't got a podcast, but that's a podcast in itself. Um, but so there's that silo, then there's the social side of it, especially with alcohol, especially in Australia. Um, the social side of it often unwinds everyone who might have a break for a while, but then it's like, oh, I can't, you know, do Christmas without it. I can't do the birthday without it. And that social side, even though somebody might really want to stop, can unwind them. And then there's the self reason. So that can be a huge package if anyone coming with trauma or something like that. But we all have self issues inside of us me it was anxiety and self doubts and um, I didn't believe in myself um all of those and you know bullying and, and younger and all of those types of things and you, you need to all those three silos make up a puzzle of who you are and un, and figuring that out and unwinding it is a part of of that methodology yeah and and it was that methodology so I had actually been on a kind of a two-year sobriety journey um on off on off I'm psycho, a psychologist for a long time counselors and I even had an AA for a year and and then I found Annie Grace and it was like the it's like the magic happened and it it opened me up to go, oh, my God, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> this is, it's called liminal thinking. I was able to see it for what it is and get rid of all the shame, all the all the baggage I was carrying, all the hiding of, oh, there's something wrong with it. It's the only drug in the world that you have to hide that you don't do it. It's, a, it's just ridiculous and stupid. And I am at the forefront of of trying to get that message out there that if you don't drink, that's your superpower. You're going through life being uh, not needing a drug to get you through social situations. You do it on your own, and and there's so much of that. So that's that's what I 
teach. I'm trained in that and I'm one of the only people in Perth that is um, trained in this naked mind. There's only a few of us in Australia. So, yes. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I guess it's I'm looking at it and I'm I'm kind of imagining myself and and so many people that I know um, just going completely like you're obviously completely abstinent from alcohol. Yes. Why would I do that anymore? To me, my my life has gone from just just existing to get things done. I was successful in work. And I was successful in my career and I had little children, I had a marriage, I had a nice car and a nice house and all of these things. But inside I was miserable and I was just I was just on the merry-go-round struggling through life and I wanted more than that. And I said, why, why? And it had to start, there was lots of things behind it, but it had to start with alcohol, okay? I had to stop that then unwind all the other things, the anxiety, the self-doubt, the this, the that, the on and off again smoking cigarettes, oh, the underlying eating disorder that was on and off again. So that's a part of my history as well. Um, and and now I have arrived. I feel like I've arrived finally in life in this beautiful space. Now I hold space for people. I, my cup is so huge that I can welcome everybody in and it's strong and it's large and it's here and, and I have kind of solved my my personal mystery and I can now help other people solve their puzzle and bring themselves mm. together. Because when you're living life on life's terms and when you're living healthy and and doing all the right things and eating eating the right food and, and living with the ups and downs of life, you can cope with life and life becomes easy and magical and just waking up in the morning is just a joy. Like I woke up this morning and I went for a run. I didn't go to the gym. I was supposed to go to the gym. I didn't wait for a little run and came back. I just was like, oh, it's summer here in Australia and life's exciting and I just felt so good inside. It's just this being human feels amazing when you're not mm. addicted to something. <laughs> Oh, look, you know, I feel that we are addictive creatures and there's almost a sense like we think inside our brain that drinking alcohol is going to give us something and whether that is confidence, courage or whatever it is. But, you know, when we really open that up and we look at how it's poisoning us and furthermore, you know, some of the most elite they're, they're not sobriety coaches and they don't specialize like you do. But some of the elite seven figure coaches that, you know, I kind of like mix with, they won't touch alcohol. I mean, they do, you know, Ozzywoska and, or how do you say it? Ozzywoska. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. They do all that kind of jazz. Um, and that's on, on certain occasions. But they'll steer clear of alcohol primarily because it is a downer. Now, it would make you wonder, right, why would people put poison into their body and you know, so they can feel down afterwards. And why does the human mind go to alcohol to find that connection? But I've got a funny story to share, and I I, I love this because, you know, they talk about placebo effect. And when it comes to people and how they feel about alcohol. I remember my eldest daughter, she'd gone through a really bad time in her life, but she was coming out the other end and 
she sort of was in that space where she had all these friends and we took them away on a vacation down down south as we all know down south is the place to go and they were all drinking gin and you know gin is a a, a clear white liquid and they were getting so drunk I'm thinking to myself these guys I mean they're over 18 but I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna poison themselves so you know they got to this level and I got hold of the bottle and I actually tipped it and into another bottle and filled it up with water (laughs) And, 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 and gave it to them and they proceeded to be drunk they didn't go downhill into that spiral, but yeah. they were very upset the next day when I told them that it was a placebo. So yeah. it, it makes you kind of wonder why people do turn to alcohol when it does have such nasty ramifications. That's so, you know, yeah. So what do you think um, is the craving? What do you think is was the switch? Because... There was obviously a couple of turning points for you where you decided that's it and, Mm. you know, you had landmarks. And I think sometimes that will happen. There'll be something that happens in a person's life and Mm. it's like a wake-up call and whether that's a disease or whether it's a loss or or whether it's something bad. So what was one of the first turning points? Because I know you've got a couple. But the first turning point in your life where you know, alcohol was, you were using it and abusing it yeah. and your experience. Yeah, so the first one that I went, uh-oh, okay, I need to do something about this, was when I used to ride my bike to work. Um, I was working on the Fiona Stanley Hospital here in Perth where I was in the planning stages. It was like mid-2000, I don't know, six, seven, and I broke my back. I was in a car accident um, and I hit the ground, broke my back, and and I wasn't drunk or anything. I was riding to it from work. So I was quite healthy, you know. Um, but what I was the perfect storm at home, I had all this time on my hands. I was in a body brace and I could still move around and get up and down. Um, and I would, I wasn't supposed to drive, but I still got in my car every day and I'd go through the drive through bottle shop. There's loads of drive through bottle shops in Australia. And I'd get my drinks and come home. And I and I would, and I said to myself, this is terrible. What, why aren't I reading a book? Why aren't I watching all these great movies? And I can't, I felt compelled to drink. I had all this time on my hands and I just wanted to wipe myself out. And that was really the first turning point where I said, I think, I think I've got a problem because I didn't have all my control measures in place. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing is, is like when you first just think, think, oh, gosh, I think I've got a problem. The last thing you're going to do is, is walk through the doors of AA. Um, and that's all the doctor could tell me. Oh, you can go to AA. And I was just like, no, no. And trying to get in to see a psychologist or something was like a three month wait list. So I didn't do anything. And I just, you know, um, had to kind of wait till I got back to work and back into the control method of, of work. And, and then I kind of was able to manage it again you know the drinking because I had limited time. So how much drinking did you used to do like obviously you you'd broken your back that's pretty severe and you know you're pretty high up in the planning department you know with what you're doing as a project manager so um, you know and they say that these people with high stress jobs are the ones that are the biggest culprits so I mean what time did you start drinking when did it start when did it finish? You know when I broke my back it was you know and I was at home it was like I was hanging out till you know lunchtime to try and you know and then trying to you know, just drink a bottle of wine throughout the day, which isn't a lot. But when I was working, 
you know, you'd be at work and you'd finish work and you'd come home and you'd have a glass and then in an hour's time you have another glass and an hour's time you have another glass. So that's like three quarters of a bottle of wine. And, and that, you know, you can still get up and go to the gym the next day. But when you start to, your tolerance builds over time. People who are in their 40s drink double to that who drink in their 20s because their tolerance is higher in their body and in their brain. So, you know, in my thir- early 30s, I noticed my tolerance was was growing that I could drink a bottle of wine and be fine and go to the gym the next day. And I thought, well, this is terrible. So you're in this process of trying to manage it and trying to do dry July and trying to do, um, you know, uh, all right, Monday and Tuesdays I won't drink. It'll just be on the weekends and then you go off and you – I mean, this is all very socially acceptable. I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem back then, but I certainly was trying hard to manage how much I was drinking. It was on my mind all the time, trying not mm. to drink. That's the problem, isn't it? Don't you reckon? It's it, yeah. it's when it goes on your mind and it's like it's there. It's 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 like that little demon gnawing. You know, mm. gnawing at you saying, come on, let's do this, you know, knock, 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 are you there? So, yeah, so that's... That was the yeah. first one. Yeah, and what about the second? The second was like yeah. 10 years on, I believe, yeah. after you went having children. Yeah, no, no, that's right, Terry. And, you know, I, I always thought too in between that 10 years was like, well, if I'm being this successful drinking this much, you know, it's kind of, you know, on and off, how good would it be not to drink? So I was always seeking that in my mind. But it was really the perfect storm when children came along. Now, I, I like a lot of people. I was an old mum, and I really struggled to have children. I had, I tried. What do you call an old mum, Kim? What do you call an old mum? I was nearly forty-one when I had my second child. Yeah, nice, so I was nice. Over forty. Good on you. Yeah, um, because I, I had struggled. I had fibroids, and I had to have an operation, um, and uh, and so that delayed and delayed the ability to have children. So when they came along, it was long fought for the, and, and I didn't drink while I was pregnant and that was the best time of my life. Uh, I used to joke with my best friend. It was like, maybe we should have another baby because she drank a lot too, um, just so we don't drink anymore, you know, because uh, <laughs> like, I loved it. And it was always my plan not to drink. But the perfect storm is actually when you've been a career woman and you're really driven and you have a baby and you're at home and your husband works overseas half of the year and you've got no family around. My family was, I lived over in the East Coast in Canberra at the time. And you're alone with a screaming baby and you Mm. don't know what to do and you have all this time on your hands. What else are you going to do except, oh, I'll just have a little drink and I'll just have a little drink. And then you're trying to time the drinks around the baby's feeding and you're convincing yourself that you're not drunk or anything when maybe you might be. And I would never say I was ever smashed while I was with the babies or anything, but it was I could see it growing and getting bigger and getting worse and worse until really it was the second baby came along um, and the the wheels fell off. I started having blackouts and it was the time that I was, yeah, I was at home um, it was night time. I was trying to time, you know, right, the baby was fed, put the baby to bed. I'd have a certain amount of time to drink. And so I drank like a bottle, over a bottle of wine, passed out on the couch with the baby in my arms, uh, fast asleep or passed out. And I dropped the baby on the floor. And luckily my husband wasn't overseas at the time and he was there to collect the baby and the baby was screaming, but I didn't wake up. And that was the turning point for me that wow. I 
wasn't waking up when my baby was screaming next to me on the yeah. floor. Oh, you know, wow, that's big. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. And that that was really the start of the big journey. And it wasn't, it was on a straight road, nothing straight. <laughs> it was a bumpy old ride because I really identify with with alcohol. Alcohol was my life. It was who I was and it, it solved every solution for me having, you know, any type of anxiety or what to do in the evenings, you know, and stuff like that and boredom. Um, so, yeah, big struggle. That's, uh, yeah, well, you know, what does it take? I mean, there's people that, can you imagine, they get drunk and whether they've got a baby or they haven't got a baby, they might have someone else in the house. But if they're drunk and there's a fire, then how that could be the, the element that stops them and prevents them from saving someone else's life and their own because alcohol has numbed their brain. But one of the things I did notice, I, I went out with you on a, a high tea and yeah. I remember it was quite, it was it was actually amazing and I didn't realise it was a full sobriety community yeah. and maybe there was one or two of us that, you know, were drinking. So I noticed that as we were mingling and you are so such a planned person, being a project manager that you are, aside from all of the things, and the question on everybody's lips every time I'd meet someone is, are you sober? And I'd say, well, at the moment I am. <laughs> I might need to ask me again in a few hours, but right now but it, I am. But it inspired you a bit, didn't it, Terry? Oh, it did. It most yeah. definitely did. And what I saw is bright eyes, bright minds, yeah. uh, really, you know, people that that were, you know, very down to earth, uh, nice, regular, upbeat people who had decided they were drinking too much. And there was one lady there and she was on the fence. And I remember thinking out of everyone, she was the most foggy-minded. She, it, it, you, it, you could see it in her skin. You could see it in her eyes. And one of the things that one of the other ladies says is you can tell all these people, I've known them for a long time, and all of their eyes suddenly became brighter. And, I mean, you only have to look at you, Kim. I mean, yeah, you've I got astoundingly <laughs> clear, bright eyes. It's so, a, a yeah. Secret. Stop drinking, and especially for women. Um, the, it, it, it incredibly affects your hormones and estrogen. And that's why it's a leading cause of breast cancer and many other cancers. And women are far more susceptible because we have a lot more fat and the um, toxins are kept in our fat and all of, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of the problems that we have with hormones. And if you want to go through menopause, don't drink it. It's a breeze. Um, I, and I could talk a lot about the health um, aspects but you know just even your skin and wrinkles and not and being well hydrated my eyes now aren't bloodshot anymore um I look probably 10 years I think anyway you know a lot younger than what um you know a lot of other people I know are um I'm 48 right now I'll be 49 in March you um, look amazing so, and really fit and I'm um, a yoga teacher and all, all the rest of it um so yeah yeah it's um it's amazing to not have to um, imbibe a, a poison anymore because you know you've you have to learn though because when you're mm -hmm. bored up 
when you're yeah. born up and that's what you do, there's a process to unlearn that, and especially that's when you're in a sea of other people that that's just normal for them. And there's yeah. um, the thing is, is that you've got to take away the shame. There's nothing wrong with anybody that gets addicted to alcohol because it's an addictive substance. It's, it's it is indeed. It's like there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, of course you got addicted. It's addictive. <laughs> Because you're a human and you're going to get addicted, right? But now here's a question for you. What would you say to that person because, you know, you hear about this all the time and they literally, I mean, they're connected with people and even though they've got a very close connection uh, in their community, whether it's in a neighbourhood, whether it is with their friendships in in their workplace and they all get together and they do their Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night drinks especially. Um, for that that poor sucker, and I'm just going to say poor sucker just to relate to the, the audience a little bit here who drink, um, what would you suggest, Kim, that they do if they're wanting to stop but they still want to have the ability to connect and obviously do something because we know that it's not just the actual poison that's going into the mouth. It's also around the the whole action, like cigarettes. Like I, I recognise that when I was a smoker, it was mm. like, well, what am I going to do now with my hand, with my right hand? Because yeah. if I've got a drink in my left hand and, you know, yeah. I don't have anything in my right, like what's going to yeah. happen here? So tell yeah. us, what are the tips and tricks you can offer to that yeah. listener out there? And I know you had some beautiful uh, wines that weren't really wines, but, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. what would you suggest? Look, there's lots. There's there's lots of things. Um, first of all, I always say you get help first. Okay, if you if you've wanted to stop and you haven't done it already and you, you're not really doing it very well, you go and get help. You get a coach like me, or you know, I'm not even saying you have to use coaching. You can get a counselor. You need somebody specialised in the area that you're struggling with, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, or something else. Um, you, you, it has to be specialised. There is. A, um, I went to a psychologist for a long time. Who, you, you, she, she drank and smoked. <laughs> she knew nothing about alcohol. So that's step one is really knowledge. You need to understand what's going on in you and where you sit with it, okay? Now, if you're a grey area drinker and you're, um, you know, somebody who's able to stop a bit and stuff, yes, the, there is, uh, if you've, um, in Australia in particular, we have now a bombardment of a million different types of non-alcoholic drinks that have exploded onto the market over the past five years, um, and in particular in the past few. And it's just wonderful for people like me who don't drink that you can get everything from a non-alcoholic beer to amazing non-alcoholic champagnes and even other things that don't taste like champagne because that can be triggering for some people too because how our neural pathways are developed with dopamine is you know dopamine is a root cause of um the, the cravings for things so um you might want to try something that doesn't that that's bubbly and it's very sophisticated and going in you know when you're mirroring other people and you have a champagne glass and it's filled with something beautiful and exotic um and all of a sudden that takes away um the the fact that you're different and until and then and then you need to step in a few times to these and know the first time you do anything new, the first time you go ice skating, the first time you step in to a social situation when you, you when you used to drink and now you decided not to drink, 
your brain says, oh, warning, survival, you can't do something different right now. I don't know, your, your neural pathways don't know where to go. It's, it's like hitting a bell saying, no, go and have a drink because it goes into a survival mode. But when you come prepared for your first go and you've got your non-alcoholic drink and you go, okay, I'm going to feel a bit uncomfortable this first time. Then you step into it, you feel a bit uncomfortable. After about half an hour, that feel or less, that feeling will go away. No one even notices. You start having a, a half-decent time. Now, you might not have the best time the first time, but the second time you do it, your brain has a pattern started. It has a new neural pathway. And it has, oh, that time, your brain says, that wasn't so bad. I remember this. That's right. You go down, you have the non-alcoholic drink, and you kind of have a good time. And that's the start of the fork in the road of changing the atrophy of the old patterning and the creation of the new patterning. And the more that you can step in and have good friends who support you, tell friends. So I'm on a health kick. You don't have to tell them you had a great big drinking issue. Remember, everyone who drinks has a problem because you're drinking a poison, all right? It's not you personally. It's alcohol. Alcohol's the problem, not you. Um, but the more that you can be open and have a friend, have somebody who knows what you're going through and you're a bit nervous, that's all you need. You need a buddy. You need a plan. You need an excuse to get out of there. You don't have to stay till midnight. You can just stay for a few hours. Have plenty of protein to eat before you go and maybe there take a snack with you, okay? And also come, well, I always say, come with a plan. So maybe you be the photographer of the evening. Maybe you're going to help, like, set up the, the the drinks or bring some food and stuff like that and be have more of a thing and, and um, you know, have also uh, a few lines about what you're doing. Oh, and I'm on a bit of a health book. I'm not drinking, no thanks. And that's what you, all you need to say. And have if you've got your own drink, so you have your own drink in a hand, you know, that's that. there's your top tips for having a social mm. situation on your first go. Because Aussies tend to be really kind of, you know, they push each other too, don't they? They'll tease each other. Uh -huh. and they'll, so it's probably a better one, idea. Terry. You're looking at one. I was yeah. the ignorant Aussie. Everyone has to drink. What's wrong with you? I, I'm just ashamed of how I used to be. And if I you didn't drink, I didn't want to know you. And I remember specifically hassling an old boss of mine, and I'm very sorry, Susan, because um, I really was ignorant and uh, about it at the time. And what, why don't you want to have a drink? What, not just one, not just one, you know? Yeah. She didn't drink, and I didn't know. She had a history yeah. of, you know, not of, of going through a, her own alcohol journey. Um, and I look back at that and I think, and I apologise, I apologise incredibly. And nobody, this is the learning, this is the cultural change we need to have is actually we need to be questioning the people who are drinking alcohol the toxic poison well why are you mm. having a drink what's wrong with you what why can't you just have a come and have a social situation without needing that social lubricant because I don't need the social lubricant anymore because I've learned how to become resilient and how to have a good time genuinely inside of myself and that's the magic Mm, yeah, yeah. And I feel that the kicker too, as you've said in the beginning, is to have, you know, have your fridge filled with, yeah. you know, those non-alcoholic beverages and know that we all process differently. So if the kicker is that, you know, in the hit you're getting in the back of the throat, make sure you get something close to it. Like they're even yeah. making like Proseccos and things like that. Have yeah. the, the the glass or the bottle that comes in. And yeah. so by doing that, you are, you're tricking your brain. And we know this, Kim, you and I, as, you know, 
coaches of the the, the superconscious and subconscious mind that yes. you know the subconscious doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. That's now, right. if you turn around and set a different framework of saying, well, before it was, I'm going to do this for a bit of Dutch courage, or I'm going to do this to drown out my sorrows or my anxiety, say, I'm going to do this so I can be alert in a fire and save yeah. someone's life. I'm, I'm going to do this so that if I drop my baby on the floor, I that's not going to happen in the first place, and I'm going to be able to be alert to at least pick it up. If I'm going to do this I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to live longer. My kidneys are going to be. Because, you know, for those who die of kidney disease, liver disease, obesity, you know, on their deathbed, if they could go back, if they could look back to their younger self, and this is the whole thing, isn't it? We know that we future pace by future pacing people and merging them back. But I love those tips. And, you know, I mean... Like when you did break the pattern, can you mm. kind of just walk us a little bit through yeah. the sessions that were really uh, yeah. potent for you that yeah. really helped yeah. break the chain? Number one, you have to have your why. Why do you want to change and how do you want to feel, okay? I wanted to feel comfortable being alone in my home. I couldn't be alone. I couldn't my, I couldn't trust my brain. It kept going to the fridge to, for wine. It kept going down to the bottle shop. My brain wasn't a part of me. And I wanted to feel beautiful and comfortable and alive being in my skin. And I said, why aren't I that? I want that. So when you start to have your strong whys, okay, second, you need, you need some help. If you're not doing it already and you're in your 30s, well, come on, don't wait till you're 40 to do it. So everything's going to go downhill in your 40s and stuff um, or, or wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Get some help. Get, get the therapy. Get it right. Okay. You need to, um, you need to move your body. You need to, uh, you can, you know, do the hypnotherapy, do the NLP. NLP for me, I became an NLP therapist because it really works. And I was shocked. Really I went does. to a college really, really and she, she um, did it. I mean, I was really skeptical. And even when I walked out, we did it on my sister. So I didn't, I don't have a great relationship with my sister. It was really bothering me. And, you know, I won't bore you with the details, but we went in and I did a, we did a session on NLP and it wasn't like, immediate but over like a week or two I realized oh, I'm I'm not I'm not um thinking about her all the time I'm not ruminating on her all the time like I was it's not bothering me anymore it was like wow there was so there was the NLP of course yoga was yoga and the breath work and the ice bathing have been really a big part of my puzzle so often when you we say you know and I went to AA as well as a part of my journey um uh, I won't. I can go into that a little bit, but it was really that this. I was going to AA, but I felt really that there was something wrong with me when I was in AA, mm -hmm. and then I found the naked mind stuff, and that really set me free. But um, uh, you know, yo, going to yoga and being able all, all roads turn within, and that's what yoga is all about. It's all the answers are within you, and when you leave alcohol behind it's like there's a big hole inside of you and you feel so empty and lost it's like you're, you're wandering around in the desert just going like where who am i 
if I if I'm not if I don't have this thing that filled up so much space inside of me it's like who am I and so the yoga and the yogic philosophies and and re-regulating your nervous system and being mindful and meditation and I'll talk about the ice bath thing in a minute but all of that starts to realize you can you fill yourself up your cup that was so shrunk and shriveled up starts to grow and grow and grow and it's proven through yoga and meditation your prefrontal cortex is part up here your decision making part of the brain and your amygdala which is all about your your anxiety and anger which your your amygdala is um, huge and um, kind of it actually is too um, it's swollen almost when you drink alcohol and your prefrontal cortex it shrinks so your ability to make decisions and keep on track and make plans it just um, it basically it's like your doors are on auto open you can't um, you can't stay on track well that grows with meditation and that has been uh, shown through many studies and um, university studies uh, that that is very true and uh, and that your brain comes back to normal uh, faster with yoga and being able to be mindful and pause and it takes time our, our brains take time to grow back everyone wants an immediate they're like oh how long will this take is it a week or two it's like no there's a journey three days three weeks three months three years i say you know three days to get over that initial you know massive craving and then three weeks your 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 cells are starting to come back you're starting to your dopamine response will come back three months you're feeling amazing your cells have turned over your eyes are bright you're feeling like really on track and then it's a process of like getting through the first year making sure you've gone through each and every Christmas, one Christmas, your birthday, you know, all of these things are linked inside of your brain. That's the neuroscience of it all. And then the second year, you're feeling amazing. And the third year, you're, you've, you've grown your wings. You're flying in the air. Life is yours to take. It's like, why would I wear a ball gown to a motocross match? You know, it's you almost like feel like it doesn't exist. It's not even inside. It's not in our awareness anymore. And that's yeah. what I love. I love yeah. that as you've gone through that journey, you're really releasing that from the awareness so yeah. that you are set free. So let's just go to a break just for a moment. So, guys, do you know someone who drinks too much or maybe they are caught in the trap and you know that this is going to be the best thing for their health, for their longevity and for their personal well-being and mental excellence? Well, you can contact Kim Ray-Smith and we will leave her link right here. And please subscribe to this show because we bring gold nuggets free to you every single week. So make sure you share this. Now, Kim Raysmith is also taking people away from their environment into a place and a space where they can go through this exploration, where they can become the master of their own self. And this is becoming 
evident that she is leading in the way as a sobriety therapist. And with this multifaceted program where it's all about, you know, not just yoga, but, you know, if you think, oh, I can't do yoga, that's not for me, well, try the kind of yoga we're talking about because it's more deliberate and it is much more of the mind to muscle and it's just moving your body. And furthermore, the integration of everything that Kim is bringing with the ice immersion and the nervous system regulation is serving as a catalyst for profound transformation by exposing your body to be more in control and to become more open and resilient to responses and to boost your mood, boost your immunity and give you that incredible connection. So I can't speak more highly of this lady. So remember, contact her now. And let's go back to Kim. So Kim, uh, last words. Uh, I could mm. talk to you all day. This is an all day conversation. What oh, would be. you share? What would you love to share with our listeners? Yeah, about, you know, the work you do, and you know, about helping them on even that road of discovery where they may still be very much immersed into drinking and may not have had any intention to even stop until they heard this podcast. Yeah, look, Terry, that reminds me really of the time where I'd been about two years struggling. I knew I dropped the baby. <laughs> you know, I, I'd been through different modalities of, you know, stopping and starting and I'd had more time stopping. In fact, I think I'd stopped for more than a year and I'd had a, an incredibly a stress event that switched a part of my brain and I went back to drinking and it took me about a week to stop. And, and I was desperate to, to find a place to go. I didn't, I wasn't bad enough for rehab. I didn't need that. I had a family. I was still, I was, I was working. I couldn't go. I needed to get away. I needed a retreat that was about people who had stopped drinking or were trying to stop drinking. It was women that was coming together. That was also a holiday that I could get away from my family. My I had such nervous system dysregulation, and I was I still like thought there was something terribly wrong with me at the time. Um, and and it was that that was and I couldn't find it. There was nothing like that around back then, right? That was about seven or eight years ago, and. And through my journey and then becoming totally sober and strong and learning all the stuff that I've learned and all the ice bathing and stuff, I knew that I had to provide retreats. It was just, uh, it, it has been just, I've manifested it, I've I had the vision and I, I hold space for people. This is just what I do. And I've been doing this for years and in, back in my old construction career, um, managing people and managing massive you know, multi-million dollar health projects. And, and men at now, that. If you can manage men, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I specialise in hospitals, so I've been, you know, managing big hospital builds for a long time, and and I have that that care. I care about people. That's where I come from, not from the the money side of it. I care about people. So I have now created these um, retreats, and they are for women to get away. Anyone who might have gone on a, a 
a um, so who's on a sobriety journey, maybe doesn't understand, maybe still drinking a bit and just needs a break, maybe has finished drinking and wants to reward themselves and find other women to come together and um, meet each other and, and talk about everything in a very bespoke, small environment. So I only take up to 16 people at a time. So we really, um, you know, the biggest thing that we do is come out with 16 new friends, okay, who are uh, on a journey together wherever they're at. We just meet each other where we're at and we get to know each other on a very deep level. Yeah, we're still in a retreat environment, so we're having all the, the yoga and the yin and, you know, I, I teach a lot of it, but I bring in a lot of other facilitators as well who are like-minded and uh, maybe have been on a journey themselves um, to help facilitate um, these all-encompassing packages of wellness and you come out with friendships, with tools, with a way forward, relaxed, massaged, pampered, you know, in a beautiful environment. And that, to me, is my purpose. My, that was from my pain. My, I never forget the the searching on the internet, trying to find it, the tears, the 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 like, why can't I? Why, why isn't there something out there like this? I don't need to go to rehab. And rehabs are like, you know, $20,000 and stuff. I needed something that was like $2,000 that, that I, you know, could take a week off work. You know, I didn't want to end my life. So that's what mm. I do. That's, what I that's, that's I beautiful. That's heart. so beautiful. Yeah. And I know that the intentional breathing techniques and the harmonizing and regulating of the nervous system yeah, and just, that, that. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. the journey of self-discovery that facilitates mm. so much emotional release and balance and just gives people that renewed sense of purpose. Just one more question. What about the men? I mean, I obviously work with both men and women. Do you do that? I know your retreats are set up for women, but if you if there's a man out there that's really battling, do you actually have a resource where you can help them out too? Yes, I do. So I do. For coaching, I have about 50-50 men and women. Um, and I've worked a lot with men, especially with um, you know, after trying to stop drinking, I often left with a alcohol symptom, not the cause. So after you get rid of the alcohol, you, re, you start to figure out what the problems are. And often it's anxiety and stress and or issues. So no, I definitely work with men. Now, on the retreat side at the moment, it's just women because I find men, um, as much as I'd like to go on a retreat, they're just, they just don't want to buy it at the moment. But I'd love to put on one for men as well. Um, yeah. But no, I definitely well, work with women. And I'm used to working with men. I come from the construction industry, so I talk their language. Um, and I also put on, I have done private classes for men there for yoga, breath work and ice bathing as a package and it really helps with their nervous system re-regulation um, as kind of a journey that they go on. Uh, yeah, so, no, it's great. That's fantastic. So, guys, you heard that. So we are supporting both the men and the ladies. And, you know, if you are ready to just embrace that new life and just regulate yourself, renew your mind and totally just come home to who you are at your core, then you know what to do. So thank you so much, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you to this day.
Thanks, Terry. It's awesome. <laughs> that, was just fun. that was great. That was really great to chat and just, yeah, let you know a little bit more about me. Okay, so would you like to know how to take the next step? The next step is you may want to bring your legacy onto my show. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to my show, make sure you do and tell it to your friends because we are always bringing some ingenious content every single week. But if you are ready to go really, really deep with your zone of genius, you can contact me so we can absolutely go through all of those teachings and trainings and high energy frequencies and put you right here on the red carpet where you can really expound your most powerful message. So how can you do that? You can reach me by my website or find the link in this chat. You can also go to my bio on social media and you will find me. And you can even find the podcast launching pad in my bio to click in to an appointment so you can come on this show and you will get all backstage grooming. You will get backstage. You will be in a vortex where we will actually harness you in creating your message and your magic and your zone of genius and taking you through this beautiful formula and launching your service your legacy on this show and everybody watching is going to know everybody listening should i say is going to know that you are getting the best of the best in their field so keep watching keep sharing keep playing and remember if you are looking for a powerful transformation to live your legacy life I am just a click away. So go ahead and click in and I look forward to seeing you on the next program. See you soon.